Good morning, church. Good morning. Uh, it's good to see you. <laughs> uh, if you notice the little decoration, uh, if no one had a chance to to fill out a, 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 a remembrance stone, you still are able to. We have them available. We have the Sharpies. Um, and it's pretty cool. That's, again, something, um, a remembrance stone that's between you and the Lord, something that you can recall that the Lord has delivered you from and something that you never forget, you know. Um, so that's available for you, as, uh, just like I said, my wife reminded me of that. But uh, she reminds me of a lot of things. It reminds me about a lot of things all the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I want to encourage you this morning. Like I said, I, it's just been heavy on my heart, uh, you know, the last several days. I, I left work and I was telling the men, um, I might have told them this. Or I told my wife yesterday and, and man, my heart was grieved. My heart was grieved. Because I, 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 I see that the Lord is moving, but it, it, it grieves my heart when, when, when the message goes out, when the word of the gospel goes out. And you don't necessarily see people respond or they, 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 they seem to respond, but then you catch them later on and it's like, oh man, the way you're talking, it's not as if you get it at all. And it has really grieved my heart because the more and more I walk with the Lord is my desires. I don't want to see anyone perish either. And people may think we're fanatical and people may think we're crazy because we think that there's heaven and hell. It's real. There are no do-overs. You get one shot at this. You got one life to live. And Lord willing, you err on the side of caution and you, you stay with Christ. So you get reconciled back to the true and living God who created you. Because hell was not even created for us. It was created for Satan and his fallen angels, the demons that choose to follow after him. And they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And there's nothing fun. There's not going to be no party. It's not going to be like Vegas. There are going to be people cursing the name of Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah God, Yahweh, the true and living God. All those different Hebrew names are going to be cursing the name of Yeshua HaMashiach because they can do nothing but curse him. I mean, you look at the scheme of things and why are curse words called curse words? Because they're meant to carry death. When someone cusses at you, they're not speaking life. They're speaking death onto you. And you need to rebuke that in Jesus' name and kindly tell them, I don't receive that. (laughs) I don't receive that. I receive love. I receive life. God told the Israelites, I put before you life and death today. Choose life that you would live abundantly, abundantly in his love, peace, joy. What we're all searching for, what we're all seeking for, what no other human being can give to us, what no material thing can give to us, what no fancy trip can give to us. And in and of themselves, none of those things are bad. I'm not smashing on those things. But nobody can give you the peace and the love and the joy and the security and the hope that your soul is longing for. But God Almighty, amen. amen. Hebrews chapter 4 verse, 12, 4, 4, verse 12, excuse me, tells us, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. I love that. Going in, coming out, it's cutting. Piercing to the division of soul and of spirit and of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 
There is no way in the world if you honestly crack open the word of God and give it an honest listen and you truly are focused in. There's no way that the word of God will not speak to you specifically to your circumstance and your situation. The thing is, do we have our spiritual antennas up so we're able to discern what is being told to us through the presence of the Holy Spirit, through the word of God, the written word? You see, many times some people don't want to receive it because it hurts too much. And I get it. It's painful. But it's just like a it's just like a a real good doctor that tells someone, hey, man, you have uh, whatever, some lymph nodes that are out of whack. It's going to hurt. We may have to perform surgery, but we're going to correct the situation. And after the pain is going to be peace and joy because you're going to heal and get better. It's the same thing in the spirit world. There are things that need to be corrected in you and I, and it will hurt for a season. But if we yield ourselves over to the Lord God, he will in his time mold us and shape us. He'll, 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 he'll sweetly break us in a way that we will be built back up into what he intended us to be. Amen. Today, do not resist the Holy Spirit of God. Allow him to speak to the very issues that he would want to fix in your heart. Amen? He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. All right. So this morning, uh, we're looking to get into and continue on in Ecclesiastes, where we'll be in chapter 9. We'll be going through verses 11 down through 18. Uh, This message is entitled, Better Wisdom, excuse me, is better than folly. Uh, We have the scripture on uh, the screen behind me. We do have a few uh, paperback Bibles in the back on the black box. So if you like, please uh, feel free to grab it. If you have uh, whatever the Bible app on your phone, you can always access it that way. At the very least, you know, we have three screens here for you to follow along. If you could, please stand for the reading of God's word. Uh, Once again, we'll go ahead and pick up in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, starting in verse 11 down through 18. And it says, again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not won to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge. But time and chance happens to them all. For man does not know his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net and like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. I have seen also this example of wisdom under the sun and it seems great. It seemed great to me. Excuse me. There was a little city with a few men in it and a great king came against it and besieged it building great siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that poor man. But I say that wisdom is better than might, though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. The words of the wise heard in quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler amongst fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Let us pray. Yahweh, we come before you again. And again, we just we just want to praise your name. We praise you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. You are so just and true. We thank you that you're merciful. We thank you that you withhold what we do deserve and you give us what we don't deserve. We thank you that you love us with such a passion that your desire is to be the number one 
thing in our life, the number one uh, person, the one who we look to for everything, for counsel, the one that we look to fulfill us. And Father, I pray now that you would just anoint uh, us, anoint our hearts, uh, give us discernment, give us understanding, help us to rightfully divide your word. May we see where Christ is in the midst of your word. May we understand this and uh, make application to our lives so that we would leave this building changed that we would leave with a new sense of hope, that we would leave with a new profound understanding of who you are, and that we would know that we're cared for in such a way that we could never shake it off, that you are with us, you are for us, you're not against us. If you be for us, who be against us? It doesn't matter. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. So, Father, I thank you for that revelation, and I pray that your will be done in all this. In Jesus Christ's mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. So last week... Just to get us up to speed, we, we learn that we as believers should be striving to keep our spiritual garments white. What that basically means is we want to live above reproach. We want to live in a way where nobody has anything bad to say about us. If they have anything bad to say, it's because they just hate the fact that we're living a righteous life with the imputed righteousness of Christ. Again, the modern you know, vernacular, they say he's a hater or she's a hater. Good. Hate that we're doing the right things. Don't hate that we're doing wrong things because that's sometimes, unfortunately, what you see a lot. The church getting a bad rap because people that are supposed to know Jesus ain't living like Jesus. I had a coworker tell me uh, last week. They're like, you know, I know I know heterosexual people that are in the church house and they're not married and they're sleeping together. So what's the difference between that and what I'm choosing to do is sin is sin. And, you know, see that that you can go you can go off on that and things can get very skewed. But again, I and I share with this individual, keep your eyes on Christ. You keep your eyes on Christ. If you keep your eyes on man, then they're they're, bound to fail you. You'll find loopholes to do what you want to do because you're basing your faith on what a man has done. Every man will fail. Every woman will fail. Jesus Christ, 100 percent God, 100 percent man will never fail. Amen. But we need to live in a way that we are above reproach, that we are white as snow in our innermost being. And that's only done by clinging to Christ. That's what we also learned last week, that we can only do this by clinging to Jesus Christ and not allowing ourselves to be influenced by anything or anyone else. I'm not saying be fanatical. I'm saying have a healthy fear of God and understand boundaries. I'm saying have discernment, understand, you know, this morning, um, you know, I try to eat healthy and yes, I do have a donut, but I put the donut underneath my chair and I have it later. I have a protein bar in the morning because we're always on the go. And, you know, the thought came into my mind after I had the protein bar. Well, let me have the donut, too. And then the Lord's like, no, stop. You're being a pig. It's true. I didn't need it. I've done it before on a Sunday morning and I was felt sluggish up here because I already had what I needed in the protein bar. But I, my flesh craved the sugar and I caved in and I just ate it. It's a silly, dumb analogy and in, in illustration, but it serves its point. We need to have discernment to know when to say yes and when to say no, because that will help us in every area and aspect of our lives. Amen. Amen. We were also instructed to enjoy and spend quality time with the spouse of our youth. Enjoy if you're married. Enjoy that person that is that you're one flesh with, whether it's a husband to a wife, a wife to a husband. 
And for those that are single, enjoy the quality time that you have with the loved ones that are around you now and in your signal singleness. Appreciate that time, because if you do get married, that's all going to change. You want to go to Denny's at 1130 at night when you're single, you do it. No big deal. You want to stay up till 2.30 in the morning watching something as long as it's Lord willing good? <laughs> you're, you're all well to do that. But once you're married, it ain't happening. Everyone who's married in here knows that. You can't just do whatever you want. If you do whatever you want, it's going to cause all kinds of problems. Problems you don't want. Remember, you're supposed to consider the other person's needs and wants before your own. Your body is not your own when you're married. Your body's not your own when you're single. Your body is the Lord's. But the whole point is, enjoy your time. And again, for singles and for married people, enjoy your fellowship with the Lord. Because we are, we all are, we are all, excuse me, the bride of Christ. And we are to appreciate Him and enjoy Him. Once again, find your identity in Him. Don't find your identity in, in your marriage. Don't find your identity in your children. Find your identity in Christ. And then all those other relationships will work out the way they're supposed to work out. Amen? Finally, we were encouraged last week to work at whatever we do with all of our might with all of our soul, with all of our heart, with all of our strength. Whatever you put your hands to do, do it well. Amen? Do it well. This leads us into the next portion of Scripture this morning in Ecclesiastes chapter 9. We have several main points. The first one is this. Unexpected and unpredictable events are part of life that will interrupt our plans. (laughs) Unexpected and unpredictable events will interrupt our plans. It's just a part of life. Think about it like this. It's like the weather. We can't control it. I'm always on this weather app on my phone. (laughs) I'm like, what are you telling me today? And I have to remember that this is just, it's just a prediction. You see, praise God for meteorologists. But all they're doing is, when they report on the weather, is making a prediction. They're making a prediction with sophisticated technological uh, doodads and gadgets. They're trying to predict what the weather's going to do. But they don't control the weather. God does. All they can do is react to what happens, what they see. That's all they can do. They cannot control, they cannot understand, or perfectly anticipate the weather, no matter how hard they try. Mark was talking about it this morning. It says it's going to be sunny and all of a sudden it's raining. What in the world? And don't go to Frisco because it's all you just already you already know. It's just going to be wet at some point. Fog City, that's just how it is right by the bay. It's always the case. Every time, every time I get my car washed and I drive on 280, once I hit Daly City, I'm like, forget about it. What's the point? The vanity of me trying to have a clean car and it just to get wet and dirty. <laughs> In the same way, We cannot control, understand, or perfectly anticipate what life has to offer. We are not in control of our circumstances. Things happen and and events transpire. Events that we had nothing to do with or can't control. How how many of you can you think of an example in your own life this past week where something occurred that was out of your control? Something happened 
You can't control how people act. You can't control how people respond. You can't control what people are going to say. But yet I'm sure in your own life this week, something happened. It may not have been major. It might have been minor. But nonetheless, it was something that was out of your control. Sometimes those events can have a huge impact on us. The second main point is this. Wisdom, godly wisdom is greater than might. You see, godly wisdom is greater than human strength. To have a strategy and tact for whatever you're trying to accomplish is far better than just bullying ahead with brute strength trying to accomplish a goal. I think of Fred Flintstone. <laughs> you know, God bless him. God bless that character, Fred Flintstone. But, you know, it, it was a little brutish. <laughs> and, and, and having a little bit more tact works in many more circumstances than, than just going full steam ahead with brute strength. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25 tells us, For the foolishness of God is wiser than man. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. So we see just in that one verse alone that the wisdom of God and the weakness of God is more intelligent and stronger than the most sophisticated, intelligent, strong person. You can put uh, Bill Gates's mind in Arnold Schwarzenegger's body and it still wouldn't matter. <laughs> you can have the brainiac mind and the biggest muscles and it still pales in comparison as it should to our creator because the creation will never rise above its creator. Amen. Amen. All right. The third main point is this. Wise words heard in quiet are better than shouting from a ruler amongst fools. Yeah, sorry, Brian. I know it's hot in here. I don't know what we could do. I mean, this I don't know what's up with this AC. I know, Michelle, you're always trying to get it right. This thing is, I don't know, just is what it is. We, maybe we need to bust out the fan again. But in any event, hey, well, it's not like we're down south. Down south, you know, they, they, they got those old school palm, you know. They'd be going to town. It'd be hot in there. And, and they, their services are really long. But anyways, the majority of time, when we hear from God, when he, when he, when he, when he uh, places something upon our hearts, it's typically in a still, small voice. He's not shouting. <laughs> That's how you can tell the difference between conviction and condemnation. Satan will condemn you. Look at you, fool. Look at you, you stupid. can't believe you did this. Again? When the Holy Spirit comes in, the Holy Spirit convicts. It's a conviction. It's a sweet breaking. It's like, it's like you're grieving the heart of God because you made a poor choice. And, it's, and that conviction is revealed to you in such a way where, you're, where you grieve the heart of God. But he's not coming at you, beating you with a stick over the decision you made. He's trying to show you the error in your way so you can recognize it, repent, turn from it, and get right with him. And get back in good standing with God. You see, obviously, there are times when his voice will be a thunder, thunderous, like a rushing waves or a rushing wind. But typically, he speaks to us in a still, small whisper. First Kings chapter 19, verse 12 tells us, And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. 
what we see here in our text this morning is similar. Verse 17 states, The words of the wise heard in quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler amongst fools. You see, trying to control other people through shouting and coercion is destructive. Um, I won't use the example. I use it every week, but I won't use it. I'll keep going. (laughs) While quiet words of wisdom are more powerful than weapons of war. All right. So now that we understand kind of what's the basis of what we're looking at this morning, let's dive into these verses uh, one by one and, and get a little more depth into what the Lord has for us here. So it says in verse 11, Again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happens to them all. Okay, here's Solomon, the one who was inspired by the Holy Spirit to pen this, gives us several examples of the normal cause and effect that time and chance can change. You see, normally these things would happen and you would be like, yes, this is how, you know, in the, 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 the average mind that thinks this is the right way it should go down. But it doesn't always happen like this. Let's look at the first one. The first one is the race is not always to the swift. Normally the fastest person wins the race. That's how it goes. But time and chance, sometimes things don't play out this way. Sometimes the fastest runner might get injured or trip and fall in a race. Maybe uh, the fastest runner has someone else competing against them where they're using some kind of enhancement and they're, they're, they're juiced up and it doesn't come out till later that they were juiced up and so the fastest person came in second because the other person was on some super juice and they won the race. An example of this is the last Super Bowl that we watched. If you watched it, (laughs) I mean, on paper, if you're a Niner fan, you're going to agree with me. (laughs) But if you if you looked at it on paper, the San Francisco 49ers were the better team. Their average skill players were ranked higher than many of the other skill players on the Kansas City Chiefs. And for people not in here, don't tell me if you bet. Take it up with the Lord. Shouldn't be betting. But the odds makers, they even put the Niners to win by two and a half points. That was the spread. By all factors, all the experts said the Niners should win. The Niners should win. But we know who won. The Chiefs won. They won fair and square. They played better. They, they, the, the, the team that makes the least amount of mistakes and capitalizes on the other team's mistakes is going to win. And that's what happens. The second thing we see here is... That normally the battle is won by the stronger warrior. Again, we see this brute strength. Oh man, they have so such they have such a large army. How can we compete? Again, time and chance can intervene in this circumstance as well. You see, sometimes when countries go to war, there are other factors that play into everything. Like sometimes the spread of, of disease or virus. Can, can, can significantly, significantly impact the outcome of a war. Certain group of people that just come down with some kind of sickness and they're taken out, not even taken out by sword or bow or bullet, but by virus. So sometimes these things happen. The stronger warrior does not always prevail under the sun. 
The third thing that we see when it comes to what it should be, and sometimes it doesn't happen because of chance, often the wise are really good at producing wealth and income. But the wise always don't reap the bread of material needs that they think they are investing in. Again, sometimes just like the events of war, famine can neutralize their wealth. I mean, we're just coming out of a circumstance like this. Everyone that lived through the pandemic, think about all of the the businesses that had to close because of the pandemic. With everything shut down, a lot of prosperous businesses and a lot of mom and shop and independent businesses that were thriving at a time and a season, they are no longer there because they could not sustain because of the widespread disease that happened and and the lockdown that people had to be on. They just couldn't survive. A lot of restaurants got hit hard. And so we see this happening due to chance. Lastly, we see wealth is usually amassed by people who are shrewd investors. But sometimes this is not always the case. Time and chance is a power that sometimes swamps our capabilities. And the whole point in this Solomon is trying to make is this. Just as death is inevitable, so is time and chance and different events that happen. You see, we cannot control the outcome of life. The application is simply this. As we follow Jesus Christ, we must learn to live for eternity. Stop living for the here and now. It's so easy to live for the here and now and get entangled and caught up because things don't work out the way you want them to. You see, because in eternity, the negative impact of death time and chance are replaced with the certainty of God's reign over the new heaven and the new earth. None of those things are going to matter. Chance is not going to have any effect in the life to come. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8 tells us the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord will remain forever. Amen. He is the only one that's certain. So live for an eternal perspective, not so nearsighted where me and you are only living for what we see right in front of our faces. All right, let's go ahead and look at verse 12. And it says, For man does not know his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare, so the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. Verse 9 is a continuation of this principle of time and chance, if you really uh, think about it. Again, Solomon brings up the fact that all will die, but no one knows when it's going to happen. You can't predict it. doesn't matter what Nostradamus says. There's no crystal ball. There's no tarot card that's going to be able to predict those things. And please don't dabble in any of that stuff. It's not good. It's satanic, and it has no benefit for your life. He uses the example of a fish caught in a net. And a bird caught in a snare. Solomon calls the net evil since it's the instrument used to end the fish's life. You look at deadliest cats. They got those big old nets. And they cast those nets over those boats. And all those fish and critters and crabs, whatever they get, that's it for them. For most of them. A few might straggle off and get out, but the majority of them, that's it. That's their death sentence. In a similar way, for human beings... That net for us is sin, because sin brings about death, both spiritual and physical. 
And we see that the next statement says again, the, the sons of men are snared in an evil time when it falls upon them suddenly. Now from an under the sun perspective, remember we have to understand when Solomon wrote this, he was writing from a perspective where he wasn't looking at eternity under heaven. And under the heaven premise is saying, yes, we see an eternal sight near, but in an under the sun premise, it's just living for the world, living for this life here. So from an under the sun perspective, it seems that man was at the mercy of time and chance more than a loving God and an all-powerful God. But the reality is we know that's not true. We must remember that us, human beings, we were created as the apple of God's eye. We were not created for death. We were not created for death. You see, death is an interruption, if you will, of life. It was something that came in because of sin. It's a byproduct of the sin nature. Because Adam and Eve were never supposed to die. But sin came in and sin changed that. And so, again, from before time, I know that we can't understand it in, 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 in our own uh, frame of understanding. Because God lives outside of time and space. We're in this three dimension and it hurts your brain trying to think. Again, a creator that's never been created. Life that has eternal life. He has no beginning and has no ending. He has known before time that this, this plan he foreknew of how to redeem humanity. But sin came into the world and caused death. But praise the Lord Jesus Christ that he has destroyed and defeated sin and death eternally. Hosea chapter 13 verse 14 tells us, I shall ransom them from the power of Sheol. I shall redeem them from death. O oh, death, where are your plagues? O oh, Sheol, where is your sting? Compassion is hidden from my eyes. The application is this. As believers in Christ, we should not be moved by the reality of physical death. In the sense that He has conquered it all. He has defeated it. And now we have the blessed assurance of eternal life with Yahweh forever in heaven. We shouldn't be fearful of death, church. Your last day on earth should be your best day. I can only imagine it, but for the believer being on their deathbed, gazing into eternity is probably grander and greater than anything they could ever imagine. Yes, there's going to be sorrow of leaving loved ones behind, but the hope is, you know, we'll have a different relationship in heaven, but we will see our loved ones again. But we're going to be with God and, and, and seeing that and, and anticipating that. Do you anticipate the return of Christ? Are, 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 you, are you thinking about, Lord, are you, you can return today with all the sorrow, with all of the pain, with all of the darkness, with all of the sickness, with all of the debauchery. With all of the debaseness of mind and thinking that's going on in our planet. Why would you want to live here forever? And church, it's not going to get better. Slowly, but slowly, but slowly, it is getting sicker and more demonic and more dark. But that's all the more reason for the light of Christ to shine brighter. This is why me and you need to cling to Christ so that in the time of testing and trial, we are not going to be sifted like wheat and be like, I'm going to fall away. No, we'll be able to stand firm knowing that as the day approaches, we cling to him. We cling to him. 
You see, if anything, the encouragement we receive from Jesus Christ because he defeated sin, death, hell, and the grave should propel us to live even bolder for him now. You see what I'm saying? If you understand what he's done and what he's done for you, then you're going to have a boldness about yourself. You're going to have a security about yourself knowing that you're hidden in the bosom of the Father. And Satan can't touch you. He can't snatch you out of his hand. What can a man do to you? What can a woman do to you? They cannot do nothing. What can Satan do to you but what the Lord allows? But if you cling to him and set your sights on him, he's going to protect you. He's going to keep you as the apple of his eye. He's going to hide you beneath the shadow of his wings. I love that verse because it talks of the security that you have as the child of God in Christ Jesus. And that's what we need to know, church. Revelation chapter 20 verses 14 and 15 tell us, Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Your number one goal in life is to make sure your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. (laughs) You see, the only sin that is not able to be forgiven is blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And what that means is to have different people Different witnesses all throughout your life share with you about Christ and you always say no. You always say, I want nothing to do with it. You always say until the day you die, no, I do it my way. Frank Sinatra had it wrong. I'm sorry. That wrong that song is satanic if you read those lyrics. Very satanic. One who will never kneel? What are you talking about, bro? That is not cool, man. You better be the first to kneel. But, 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 but blaspheme the Holy Spirit by saying, I, no, I don't want it. No, I don't want it. No, I don't want it. And shun it and shun it and shun it. Because at some point we will have to give account. And then it's going to be too late. It grieves my heart to think of all the people that it's going to be too late for. Because the scripture is clear. Narrow is the gate that leads to eternity. And few are on it. Broad is the road that leads to destruction and many are on it. Do you understand? Do you see so many people who are spiritually blind? They have no discernment. They have no understanding. They have no desire for the things of God. They are simply living by their base level. Living for their flesh. Living for their carnality. Living for their five senses. They have no desire. And, and, and the reality is we would not either unless the Holy Spirit woke us up because we can't even come to him unless he draws us to himself. So if you're in this room today, I think you really need to understand that it's a miracle that you're here and that you're blessed. Because nobody comes to the Lord on their own account. Nobody. You have to be drawn to him. If he's drawing you, The scripture says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Allow him to come in and comfort you and care for you in such a way that no one else can. He's your creator. He loves you. His desire is that your soul be redeemed and that you live out the rest of your life on earth, giving honor and glory to him in whatever gifts he's given you to use. 
not to live in a way where you don't know him and don't have love for people around you. Amen. All right, let's look at verses 13 and 15. And it says, I have also seen this example of wisdom under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with a few men in it, and a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that poor man. This is a very interesting portion of scripture. We see this statement, the poor wise man, and and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Now, it doesn't go into specifics and tell us by detail how this wise, old, poor man delivered the city, but yet he did. He, it tells, scripture tells us that it was this poor wise man whose wisdom saved this great city against a siege of a great king. So surely he was outmatched and outnumbered and outarmed, but this poor wise man, there was something about him that he was able to help the city and to save it. It seemed great to Solomon. It was a wonderful and significant display of wisdom, and that's why it is in the scriptures for us to glean from. Yet no one remembered that same poor man. (laughs) He had done such a good thing for this small city. And in the moment, people embraced him. But as time went on, they forgot all about him. Immediately, when I read this scripture, I just simply thought of Christ. Jesus came to mind. We know scripture reveals Christ In his first advent as humble and lowly in spirit. Matthew chapter 11 verse 29 tells us, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You see, Jesus also died and rose again for the sins of the world. But by and large, the world has rejected him, starting with his own covenant people of Israel, the Jewish people. John chapter 1 verse 11 tells us he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. So again, this is this, this, is this thing of understanding. Do you recognize and realize how blessed you are? If you call yourself a follower of Christ this morning, do you realize that you have been grafted into the vine That you are part of his, his own covenant people rejected him. But you and I as Gentiles have, we we, we become inward Jews, as my buddy Eric says, because we have been grafted in. And now we have, we, we, we have fellowship with God through his son, Christ Jesus. The application is this. Men and women quickly forget, but God does not. Today, maybe you're in here and you feel like God's forgotten you. That you feel like, I've been through so much. Where are you? I I need you to help me pick up the pieces of my life. I didn't expect for myself to be in this circumstance and in this situation. Trust your heavenly father. He has not forgotten about you. He knows those who are his and he calls to them. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19 tells us, But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are His, 
and let everyone who's named, who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. He also has a book of remembrance before him to those, for those who fear the Lord. We find this in Malachi chapter 3, verse 16, and it says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them, and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. Again, we see this importance of having a, a holy fear of God. Don't fear man. Don't fear man. Fear God. Fearing God is the beginning of wisdom. Fearing God means having more than a reverence or a respect for him. But, but you, you, you won't do stupid stuff because you fear God. You, you understand. You see what the Ten Commandments say. It says, don't steal. <laughs> don't covet your, your neighbor's wife, don't, don't, don't commit adultery, don't, 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 don't live in a prideful way. And, 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 and given the power by the Holy Spirit, you'll, you'll intersect these opportunities where you can exercise this and be like, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to hang out with this person. I'm not going to make that choice. Because you know what? At the end of the day, I have to give an account for my soul to God, the one who created me. And I don't want to go to him ashamed because I lived a life that was debased and I cared nothing for his instruction. Do you understand the instructions in the word of God are like the guardrails on Highway 17. They keep you from going off. They keep you pinned in to where you need to be. It's not to make you not have fun. But in the parameters of scripture, have all the fun you want. Just don't go outside of it. Because when you start going outside of it, you just bring death upon yourself and upon others. Getting back to uh, the point of, of, of he having a, him having a book. Those that fear God, their names are written in heaven. Luke chapter 10 verse 20 tells us, Nevertheless, I do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is when Jesus was talking to his uh, followers and they were saying, Lord, the, the demons, they, 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 they were cast out of these people, the unclean spirits. And he said, don't, 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 be, don't, be, you know, don't be fascinated by that. Be fascinated by the fact that your name is written in the last book of life. That's what it's about. We should not be a generation that's all about signs and wonders. No, it's not about that. You see, sometimes the Christian life, in a sense, is very mundane in, 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 in the sense that it's not about emotions. You see, some people come to the church house and they want to feel an emotion. And I get it. You should feel good. You should feel joyous. But he said, the one who takes up his cross and follows after me, that's my disciple. Not the one who feels good. Do you think it feels good to really live the Christian life in a sick, demonic world? Living the Christian life is the hardest thing you'll ever do. Because you're called to live a lifestyle being holy, set apart, and there's nothing but demonic darkness all around. Now, it is not pervasive in the sense that the Holy Spirit is greater than any demon or Satan. They're not on the same playing field. It's not even a fair fight. But the fact still remains. There is so much influence of demonic activity that if you and I are not interlocked tight with Christ, and if we don't have the full armor of God, of Jesus Christ on every single day, we will find a chink in our armor 
And that's an opportunity for sin to come in. The Bible is clear. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's why you cannot let anything in that is not of God and think you're going to be okay. You can't. You can't just be like, oh, I can have a couple drinks or I could smoke a little pot or I could watch a little something, something. No, you can't, man. What do you think is going to happen? That's why people are given over to a debased mind because they suppress the truth. They think they can straddle the line of sin and think they're not going to get burned. You get as far and clear away from sin as you possibly can. And maybe it's just the own inner workings of your heart and your thoughts you got to work on. That's a whole lot better than you just going over. You know what I'm saying? So we have to be aware of this, church. We have to be aware of this. All right. Last two verses, 16 and 18. It says, But I say that wisdom is better than might, though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. The words of the wise heard in quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler amongst fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Okay, we see this statement, wisdom is better than might. Solomon understood, even though wisdom is not appreciated, it is better than might or strength. Look at our world today. Just look at the landscape of our culture. Wisdom is not widely accepted. It is frowned upon in the name of inclusion. And I get it, but we don't want to be hoodwinked. We talked about this at length last week. It's not that this whole movement of inclusion is for everyone to be included. It's an agenda so people can do whatever they want and have no accountability. (laughs) There's nothing new under the sun, church. The Bible's all inclusive, for goodness sakes. There is one name under heaven which man will be saved. That's the name Jesus Christ. How much more inclusive can you be? You can't be saved by Muhammad. You can't be saved by Gandhi. You can't be saved by Harry Kushner. You can't be saved by any other world religion. Every other world religion is trying to work in order to meet God. Where true Christianity from Israel, from the Hebrew people, is God reaching down to mankind and saying, I'm taking you up out of your broken situation and I'm restoring you back to myself. It's not work-based. It's a free gift. We just have to receive it. An example of, 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 of wisdom being better than might. Have you ever built something that came with directions, but you didn't heed the directions? <laughs> it came with directions, but you said, you know, I got this. I can build this. How hard can it be? So easy a caveman can do it, Right? so you're putting together this bike then you're almost at the end of building this bike but you missed one tiny crucial step there's a screw missing have you ever built something and had extra pieces that weren't supposed to be extra pieces (laughs) you don't want to take the whole bike apart to place the screw where it's supposed to be so you figure, if I could just wedge it in there, or if I could just kind of just pound it in there real quick, it'll work, and nobody will know the difference. Not a good idea. This is a time where wisdom 
strategy, methodically going through the steps is far better than brute strength. You see, many times wisdom is unheeded. People tend to decide who to listen to based on their status. I'll listen to this person because they seem to be somebody. Because they have so many followers on Instachat or whatever it is. (laughs) Uh, Oh man, I won't even tell the joke. Tom and Jerry, you guys seen the new Tom and Jerry? Oh man, because you guys don't got little kids. (laughs) Tom and Jerry, man. Oh man, the guy, one of the guys, he said, oh man, he said, Instaface. Something, something. I was like, it was so funny. Anyways, you have to see it, but it, it's, it's pretty hilarious. He's not in tune with what's really going on with all the social media things, but he's trying to let them know, hey, this information, this, this image can't get leaked. Anyways, people will tend to listen to certain individuals based on their status because they got so many, you know, whatever uh, dots after their name because they have a degree. And I'm not, I'm not looking down at anyone that has degrees. Degrees are great things. Go to school, get an education. All right. But you can't pay for common sense, man. (laughs) And in our world today, common sense is lacking so much. It is so sad. I see it on every level, on every front. People spending all this money doing all this stuff and simple, simple things. They have no understanding whatsoever. I don't want to go into links because then I'll be putting I don't want to put my employment under the bus. (laughs) But it's there. It's wide-spoken, and it's so sad. This is foolishness. The words of the wise heard in quiet are far better than the shout of a ruler amongst fools. You see, because wisdom is so superior, it should be heard above the shouting of foolishness, even though wisdom will many times be unappreciated. Again, we see this happening in real time, church. Think about it. The vast majority of movements today, be it social justice, politics, or gender equality, have a heavy spirit of aggressive shouting and foolishness to them. There's, 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 there's this spirit of, of almost hate that, 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 that people get fanatical and very hateful in these groups for the cause of what they believe is the right thing. Now, I'm not saying that every single person involved in these groups is screaming and shouting. But the majority of the time, this is what we see. There's a lot of hate and anger. And people think if they just take things in their own hands, they're going to make it better. But that's not the case. There is a lack of real wisdom Spoken in peace in these groups. Rather, it is the blind leading the blind, shouting at other at, at each other and against one another. We see here next that wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. And I'll end with um I'll end with this um this comment. Uh, Michelle. Oh, Michelle's not coming up today. <laughs> I'll have to be quick on my fingers because my wife is in the children's. Uh, room (laughs) anyways wisdom is better than strength and better than foolishness but all the good that wisdom does can quickly be undone and taken away by one sinner who destroys much good 
Solomon sensed that it's much easier to destroy something than to build it up. Think of your walk with Christ. So much goes into you being saved. And I'm not saying you're saved by works because you're not. But after you're supernaturally saved, you're supposed to live in a way as you're being sanctified that you are living above reproach. And, 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 a, and a whole lifetime of a reputation and of what you have built in Christ can be undone with one foolish mistake. Think of King David. Man after God, man after God's own heart. And you can never take that away from him. At least when he sinned, he recognized it and he got right with the Lord. I was listening to First Chronicles uh, last week and there was, a, there was an instance where, and Daniel, I'm sure you know exactly where this is. He took a census. He wasn't supposed to take a census. Satan stood before him and said, let's take a census. Mark, you probably know where this is at too. And he was advised not to. Because it was basically a show of David being prideful and seeing how many people in my military do I have to see the vastness of my, my uh, of the kingdom grow. And nonetheless, he came to a point where he digressed and he repented of the matter. But the whole point I was trying to make was with him and Bathsheba, he had such a legacy and all of it was tarnished by him committing adultery with Bathsheba. And this is the same thing spoken here. One sinner can destroy much good. There you go. Thank you, sir. And this is very true. Another example is think of how the use of our tongues can wreak havoc on a person. James chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 tells us, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set amongst our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. I mean, if that's not a great explanation of like, we need to control what we say. (laughs) Think of arguments and fights. You think of, uh, you know, in Kansas City. Where, you know, people were there and, and they're you're cheering on their team and all these people got gunned down. Why? I read an article and it said the guy said, I made a stupid decision. Someone looked at me wrong. And because his heart's not right, even though his tongue didn't say nothing, his hands acted as his tongue and he pulled out a gun and he shot. We need to control our tongues. But it all starts in the mind. If, our, if we don't have the mind of Christ on... That's where the fiery darts get thrown from Satan to us, from the realm of darkness. Demonic thoughts, evil thoughts have intellect. They are very intelligent. They are just dark. We need not be foolish and think darkness is not intelligent. It is very intelligent. We need to counter that intelligence with the intelligence of Scripture and the light because the light supersedes the darkness. John 5, 1, 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never comprehend it. So if you're full of the light, when the dark arrows shoot, you should be able to step back and say, okay, let's figure this out and be good. That's what this verse is saying. Instead of your tongue being set on fire by hell, when somebody offends you, allow the Holy Spirit to come in and say, hold on, let's rain it back. Let's rain it back. Bless them and it'll be hot coals on their head and they'll feel shame. But don't go lash out because our, our, our weapons are not against flesh and blood, right? We're fighting a spiritual battle. The application is this. 
Establishing things by wisdom is much more difficult than destroying them by uh, than destroying them by works, even of one sinner. An example of this is think of Adam, the first Adam. His sin affected every single one of us. And so many times we can think, Adam, I will just strangle you out, bro. Why did you do this, man? You caused a curse on all of us. <laughs> we all got to see death because of you, man. Why did you have to listen to Eve? Eve, why did you have to listen to the serpent? You had everything good for you. And now look at us. Another example as I, I close right now is Achan. Remember Achan in the camp? His transgression caused Israel's defeat. Joshua chapter 7 verses 11 and 12 tell us, Israel has sinned. They have trespassed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things they have stolen and lied and put them in their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Today, church, may we be those who apply the wisdom of 